Right, if you have a Bible with you, phone, tablet, device, anything at all, uh, turn with me to, uh, no, don't do that. Turn with me to 1 Peter, not 2 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter, right towards the end, almost to the, the end of the New Testament. And um, we're going to the second chapter. We're going to read about six or so verses uh, from verse 4 through 10, all right? And I'm going to talk today about living stoned. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Okay, not so much. All right, if we're ready to go then, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. That's an exciting thing. You are being built to, it's a dynamic thing, it's moving, it's happening, it's present tense. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse six, for in scriptures it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame, amen? Verse 7, now, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, because the stone that builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, okay, nice pivot there from Peter, but you are not like them, the ones who don't believe, but you who do believe, you're a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are God's special possession. That's not a bad line up there, okay, right there, and that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, Amen. The redemptive purpose of God in a verse right there. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Someday we'll have a word and we'll preach on that whole thing about being called out of darkness into light. That's really what it's all about. That's what Jesus has come to do. That's why God called Abraham, Moses, and the rest, okay? The redemptive purposes of God from time is in this verse. Anyway, so let's read again verse 10. Once you were not a people of God, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mercy, praise the Lord. Amen. I want to show you something I got um, recently, Christmas time, might have been the birthday, I'm not sure, in January, but I got this little book, okay? It is like a sort of a coffee table kind of book, Abandoned Ireland, all right? Abandoned Ireland. I first connected with this kind of book on uh, Facebook or whatever, Reels or something, and it's a woman goes around all the places in Ireland that are abandoned, okay? Thought long and hard on the title, all right? And there's nothing there. Holy places, hospitals, old homes, okay? And you've kind of seen them around, haven't you? But she would go in and she'd take photographs of them all. And in some of these places, you can see old pews, old kitchens, griddle pans, old fires, chairs where older people used to sit, all of that stuff. And here it is. Let me just show you a couple of pages. And maybe you want, I thought it was very interesting. And there's a clock or something. Look at that. There's a room with a chair in it. And there's more chairs. Chairs, lots of chairs, and there's a stairwell, and there's an old room, and there's an old room, and uh, there's more chairs. Okay, so lots of chairs, and uh, and so I just find the whole thing really, really fascinating. Okay, and I love the title, Abandoned Ireland. It's one thing the church should never do. 
Amen? It's abandoned Ireland. We never can do that. But I love what this book was trying to do. But one of the things that really kind of struck me was this, that once the people stop coming, once they maybe go to more modern premises or, you know, maybe they get a, a, a better place, all of the life leaves with them. All of the life leaves with them. And so as you look at this book, what you will see is evidence of old activity, but no one lives, no one works, and apart from this woman who puts the book together, no one visits these places anymore. Page after page after page presents these buildings of well-built, now decaying buildings that are built with dead stones. Dead stones. And of all of the lessons that we can learn from this book today, all right, what speaks to me the most is this, that life is not in the building. Life is in the people who use the building. Does that make sense? Life is not in the building. Life is in the people who use the building. This hotel, okay, now let's go and try and see. Just tap that wall. You see? This hotel is made with stones. This room is made with dead stones, but this room here is full of living stones. And that's where the life is. When we all leave here, there's no life in this room. This room no longer becomes the church. This room is the church when the church gathers, when living stones gather in. There is life in the people who use the building. And so what we have today by way of context in, in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, Peter is he's shooting some mind-blowing news to the young church, to the early believers. He's reminding them, and we're familiar with this a little bit, how Jesus changes the dynamic of how we can live with God, how we can approach God, how we can worship God, how we can live for God. The cross, everyone, shifts the relational dynamic. When the curtain tore in two, it wasn't so God could get out, it was so we could get in. And the way that we have connected with God has completely shifted. And yet for all of the wonderful context in the passage about power and privilege and our new position, there is a silent attribute for me that screams through the whole thing. And it's this attribute of community. Say community community. And so what I want to do for the rest of our, our time together is use this passage and kind of build a little bit and to reinforce this element of community. We are five years old in this location. Isn't that incredible? We're about to go to a new location, debt free. Amen. That's a, that's a good day right there. It really is. And we've got to build community. We've got to get a strong community because there's more people going to join the community. Amen. So we've got to get ready for our future. So the first thing I want to talk about is this, that we are an open arms church. We are a close and we're becoming a closer community. Amen. We are close. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be closer in Jesus' name. In Cornerstone, when I was pastor up there in Derry, we used to hold various conferences throughout the year. We had a church one, we had a ladies' conference, and then we had a men's conference, okay? And so one of the men's, it's classic men's conference, really was, real chest beating, rah, 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 we're going to bite stuff and eat stuff and do things and whatever it is you do, let's have meat, you know, no vegetarians allowed, that type of thing, okay? And no vegans either. And... Uh, 
We'll be love Vegas. No, 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 absolutely. I just couldn't eat a whole one. All right. Anyway, so we had a men's conference, all right? And we had this, we had the people, we had, we had some people there to speak to us, all right? And what we had on the final session was two fellas. Extraordinary stuff, okay? We had a serving chief superintendent of the police on one side, and then we had a former member, high-ranking member, former, former, in the past, of the IRA, from the Derry Brigade, okay? Now, when I talk about the Derry Brigade, it's the next level brigade up there, Derry, Derry, Derry. We're still the Derry, okay? Police, I'm not really sure how this was gonna go. Anyway, they had a great talk, we talked about it, we shared their stories, whatever, and at the end of the thing, they got up and they embraced. What a wonderful thing. And the thing that united them both was Jesus. Amen? The only one that can make possible the police to hug the IRA and the IRA to hug the police was the Lord Jesus Christ. Every year in Derry, we also had this mad kind of outreach blitz. We used to call it I Heart Derry, I Heart DY. We nicked it from New York, okay? I Heart NY became I Heart DY. We even stole the font and everything. We did. It was shameless. And so we would bring in a ton of Americans. They would come over and we would have maybe 100 and I don't know, 180 to 200 volunteers, and we would go to town on Derry, okay? It took some organizing, I gotta be honest, but we would put on kids' clubs, we had doctors and nurses on the streets taking blood pressure and blood sugar, we, had, we were building playgrounds, we were doing all sorts of things all over the city, prayer outreach, healing on the streets, you name it, we did it, blitzkrieg the whole thing, all right? And so at the end of the week, what we did, we had invited all of the communities that we worked in to church to say thanks to the church, to celebrate with us, to say thanks to the team, all of the above, all good, okay? And so this year was no particularly different except for one thing. We, this year, were in two locations building playgrounds, okay? One was in the Fountain Estate area, okay, which would be a, a Protestant area in the north. When I say Protestant, I mean loyalist loyalist, okay, over here, and then we're in the bog side. Needs no introduction, the bog side, okay, it's right there. If you know, bog side, bloody Sunday, okay, that was the area, and so, and the fountain is the interface with the bog side. There's big walls and fences keeping everybody, and so, but we thought we'd bring them together. <laughs> Anywho, um, we we, we invited them into the, into the church to say their thank yous. And the, 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 the leaders of the Bogside area, they got up first with the microphone to talk to the church. And they're thanking everybody and what a lovely thing and well done and all you Americans and beautiful young people, blah, blah, blah. And I said, stay there a minute. And I called the guy up from the fountain. And I brought him up. And as he came up, listen to me here. As he came, he's wearing a suit, okay, because the right thing to do. And uh, you ought to wear a suit, but he had a military tie on. A British army tie. And here my nothing wrong with a tie. Great tie, wear the tie, absolutely. But inside of me, I'm going, no, when tie meets this, I'm I <laughs> I'm not sure how this is gonna go, and I'm praying for the rapture just to come at that moment because this, the church is about to end. It's going to implode, okay? I will be sacked at the very least, okay? This was it. And so, anyway, the Bogside people had their words, and I'm like, well, do you, you don't want to say anything, do you? And you probably don't. No. Oh, give me the mic, brother. And away, well, he, he took the mic, and I'm like, oh. And he goes, well, thank the church. Thank you for all the... 
And, and then silence. And I goes, oh no, he's got something's coming. I'm like, Jesus, please return. Something is coming. And then he says this, I'd like to say a few words to our friends from the bauxite. And this is it. <laughs> I'm typing out in my mind my resignation letter. <laughs> I think it's about time that our two communities got closer together. I think it's about time, what a la la la, and he reached across with his hand in his British military tie and took the hand of the people from the bog side, shook their hand, had a hug, and then went down and took their seats. I nearly died. It was an amazing, amazing moment. You know what made that possible? Jesus. Jesus makes that possible. Closer communities, that's what happens here, okay? Let me show you this triangle, okay? Some of you may have seen this uh, before, okay? Now, in the light of Eli's story, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Eli here and Alberto over here, okay? <laughs> so that's what's going to happen, just to show you. So when Eli looks at Alberto, nothing happens, not so much, okay? No, boo. Not going to be bothered with him at all. Sorry, big man, you set me up, Okay. <laughs> Eli and Alberto, all right? So he's like, oh, nothing's doing. But the minute Eli starts to look at Jesus and the minute Alberto looks at Jesus, maybe something could happen, all right? So here's what happens is that Eli lifts the phone and goes, can I help anybody? What he's doing is taking a step closer to Jesus, all right? When Alberto says the same thing, I'm gonna get closer to Jesus, look at the distance between the two of them. It gets shorter and shorter and shorter. The point is that when we take our eyes off each other and put our eyes on Jesus, as a result of coming to Jesus, we come closer together. Yeah, yeah. Amen? That's the whole point. So listen to what Peter says here from verse 4. And, and I love it. It's, it's just four or five words. And he says, as you come to him. And this is the key. Peter doesn't say when you come to church, as you come together. No, no, no. Peter says, when you come to church, we come to him. We come to Jesus. And as the overflow of coming to Jesus, we come together anyway. It just happens, everybody. Amen? Isn't that so true? And this is what happens when we come to him. Here's what the thing is. Jesus binds us together in community as he builds us together as a community. And that's so important. As he's building, he's also building binding, and he's binding us together, okay? Now, let me, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, and this will sound a bit familiar, okay, because we read it a few weeks ago a little bit, and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's gone through some of the, the stuff about building church and staying together as a church, and then he begins to talk about the church as a body. Let me read from verse 12. He says, just as a body... The one, okay, has many parts. Look at all of you, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So that's a classic sort of literature kind of thing. You see what they're doing? They do it one way, and then they write it in reverse, and they put the two together. That's what they do. You see it all the time in the Bible. And so for we were, 13, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. Like imagine this, slave or free. Imagine the culture. Imagine the culture, okay? And there Paul's going, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what you dress, doesn't matter your status in society, male, female, does not matter we are all one it's an incredible thing we are this community and then verse 14 he says even so the body is not made up of one part but of many so these are great words these are gluing words these are accepting words galvanizing words but what's really important is to understand 
why Paul is writing these words. And he tells us right at the start of the letter in chapter 1, verse 10. He says, look, I appeal to you, brothers, and I'm going to put in sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Everyone in the church in Corinth, everybody, is fighting. They're, you name it, they're quarreling over it. Favorite preacher, spiritual gifts, people telling lies, how to, how to have communion. They're just fighting over everything. And Paul says, look, in the name of Jesus, you need to agree with one another. That you're perfectly united. And then Paul cuts in with the answer in verse 1. He goes, he goes triangle. This is what he does. He says in verse 30, he says, it's because of him, because of God, the Father, that you're in Christ Jesus. He brings Jesus in. He says, no, 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 stop looking at each other. I want you to look at Jesus. He brings the attention back to Jesus. It's not really about the gifts. It's not really about communion. It's not really about favorite preachers. In essence, it's really all about Jesus. And when you look at him, you're going to come together anyway. And then he says, look, here's why you've got to look at Jesus. He's the wisdom of God. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. And he is our redemption. He is our redeemer. And redeemer in the Greek means one from the family who will do whatever it takes to set another family member free. Amen. See why Ruth is so important, so valuable, so incredible. That's what Paul says, come together. Now I want to preface this before I move on to my next point. Sometimes when preachers talk about unity, they talk about quarreling, they talk about fighting, you can sit there and go, normally talk about this unless something's kicked off. I wonder what, I wonder. It's funny, I did here. I wonder what it was. <laughs> Who was it? I knew it was her. That didn't happen. I'm not preaching to weakness. What I'm doing, I'm bringing strength upon strength. John F.K. said this, the best time to fix the hole in the roof is when the sun is shining. Don't wait for the rain to come through the hole. Fix the thing when things are good, amen? Things are good. New location, five years. We're growing almost, I think, over 700 over all locations. Last Sunday, communities being changed, lives being restored. Come on, we've got to go for it. We've got to stay strong. We've got to stay together and become this close but continually closer community. And how do we do it? We keep looking to Jesus, amen? So we don't come to church at all. We come to Jesus and then we have church. Hip, hip. All right, second thing is this. We are a connected community, a connected community. Anyone ever seen the movie 300? Men? Yes, okay. Not a Mother's Day in sight. I don't know what that means. Okay, Jared Butler gets his shirt off. Okay, that's basically what happens. And he plays, he plays King Leonidas, a, a, like a Spartan king, okay? And imagine a Scottish man playing somebody from Sparta, okay? Doesn't quite work. But anyway, doesn't matter. And it's very good. It's, it's about the movie about um, 300 Spartans fending off 
King Xerxes, okay? We've already heard of Artaxerxes in the Bible, Daniel, kind of Esther, that guy, okay? And it's, uh, he kind of fends him off with these 300 kind of Spartans. And the Spartan army, they were famed for looking like Raul, okay? They were just <laughs> lean, mean fighting machines, okay? That's what they all look like. And if you think I'm joking, go and watch the movie. There's hundreds of Raul's running about there with spears and shields, all right? And cloaks on them. There really is. I'm picking on everybody today. <laughs> Anyway, okay, and so there's this story, all right, about a visiting monarch from Spain went over to Sparta to have a look, and the, and the, the king of, let's say Leonidas, not sure if it was strictly him, but as the story goes, they're kind of walking along together, they're, they're chewing the fat, they're looking at the whole place, and Leonidas, he's going along and he said, look at the walls of Sparta, look at all these magnificent walls, and the king of Spain's like, Leonidas still, look, look, do you, do you see? Do you see all these magnificent walls of our great country? And the king of Spain's like, he's turning to his mates, do you see any walls? I don't see any no walls here, I can't see you. what he's talking about. Leonidas can, look at all these walls, look at the walls. And so the king of Spain's had enough, he says, um, hey, it's probably me, it's not you, it's me, um, but I, uh, I, I'd, see any walls that you're, you're chatting about, you are boasting about. And the king of Sparta said, these are the walls of Sparta. And he points to his bodyguards. And then he said this, every man a brick. Phenomenal story. And I want to encourage you today that if you are a card-carrying member or a this is your home church, your, your family here. You are the walls of this church. Every man, every woman, every young person, you are a brick. You are a living stone. And as we come to him, the Bible says that we are being built together. It's so important that we come together because when, you know, I, I, I know we, we push a lot, of course, and why wouldn't you? Personal devotions. We call it quiet time, all right? And we get the word, we read the Bible, we pray, we do all of that stuff on a one-to-one -one basis with God. Something unique happens there. But I want to encourage you today, when you come together as the church, Peter says, as, as we gather, as we come to him, as you, as in the royal we, all of us together, collectively, plural, something unique happens as well, church. When we gather, the Bible says Jesus gets his hands on us and he builds us together into a spirit spiritual house. He gets the living stones and he puts one on top of the other. It's an incredible thing altogether. And I want to encourage you, continue to be that kind of house. Now, let's have some congregational participation. Could I get you three there to come and stand like that there, all right? Just stand a little bit like that. I'm going to get you guys to stand up here. I'm going to put you in as well. That'll be brilliant. Alan, yes, you're coming. And you, could you two folks as well, would you join in? Come on up here a second. Nothing to worry about. No, you can, you can, you can, you can face me. Face me. You can turn around. You, yeah, yeah, face me. That's it. Lovely. You can turn around. Just face, no, face me. Yeah, I'm over here. Face me. That's it. Just stand in line. Lovely. That's great. Come on ahead, folks. That'll be lovely to see you. Yes. All right. Now, I just want you to stand over here. Beautiful. Look at that. And you're here. Now, I need a little gap. Okay, kind of three. There we are. Lovely. Now, I want to take these three 
devices, little balls here that I have, okay? Now, this, I'm going to set one here, I'll set one there for this side, and I'll set one for this side over here. Bear with me, everybody, it's like a circus. Here we go. This, this is the ball of unfairness. Anyone ever play with that ball? The ball of unfairness. Oh, you see. This, this is the church, by the way. Three sides already. This church isn't even together yet. There's three sides. We shouldn't take sides in church. But so far, this church has got three sides. And I'm going to shove a ball of unfairness all through it. So we take the ball of unfairness. Oh, you see that church? Right through the members. Look at that. It gets, gets to the rest of the church. You see that church there? It's one rule for them, one rule for another. And they never treat me like they treated her. That goes all through. Disappoint. I don't like how they make decisions in there. I don't like how they do stuff in that church. Everything, look, it pushes right through. So that's one little ball of unfairness. Then we have this ball. Let's see how this ball does. This is the ball of gossip. Anyone play with this ball? Start with this side of the church, first of all. No reason. No reason. I'm starting with you later. Don't worry, okay? Oh, just for prayer. Oh, oh the, just the issues got right through. Do you see it? Right through the members. The issues got right through to the rest of the church. Just for prayer, though. Did you hear? I don't mean to say, Alberto. Come on, right through there. All right. right the, all the issues, all the gossip gets right through. Gossip gets right through everybody. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What about this one? This is the ball of offense. Anyone play with that wee ball? Anyone playing with that ball? I'll tell you, this ball, it's small in size, but it's potent. So I'm going to start with this one over here. I'm offended. I'm not going back. I don't like, nobody phones me, nobody rings me, nobody puts me in any teams. It's just right through. I'm going to tell everybody because I just want somebody to know. I'm, going to, I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to withhold my tithe. I'm offended. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to serve. I'm going to come off the team. I'm not going to come back. All these issues coming through the rest of the church. Everybody, everything gets through. Now, what if the church was joined together? Let's try it. Let's try it. Now, here we have all of these unfairness, offense, bitterness, whatever it is. Now, you guys link arms because we're living stones. Jesus is building us together. Now, these are real issues. They have to be dealt with properly. Absolutely. Won't make them go away. But look how hard it is now for it to reach you. <laughs> Nothing's getting through. Nothing gets through a connected community. Amen. Watch this. A disconnected community is a weaker community. A disconnected community is a more vulnerable community. An offended community, oh my word, is a less safe place. But did you see what happens? It's a really simple illustration, everybody. But when you're connected, we're stronger. We're stronger together. We're protective together. Do you see it? And we're safer together because we're protected together. Please give our guys a round of applause. Would you do that for me? Come on. And so I want to encourage you. Let's not be part of a disconnected. Who wants to be part of a disconnected community? Oh, me. Oh, definitely. I'm hoping for disconnection. 
said no one ever. We want to be part of a connected community of faith. And so let me say this, and hear my heart, you know me long enough now. I'm for you, love you, with you, cheering you on, okay? But living stones cannot be solitary saints. They can't. Living stones cannot be solitary saints. COVID has done a number, and it's created this new type of Christian, contactless. I'm a contactless Christian. One touch. One touch. One touch a month. One touch every six weeks. One touch every whatever. One touch. One touch. One touch. Not touching anything. Not touching anyone. I'm a contactless Christian. And I'll be... What about this? Freelance faith. Now, freelance to the highest, the better singing over there, better worship over there, better teaching over there. I like that preacher, so I'll go there this week. I'll go somewhere else this week. I'll do what? No. And I hear this all the time. I've heard it all the time for years and years. Nothing new but this. People say to me, I don't go to church anymore. What I do is I worship God in my own way. Do you ever hear that? With respect, no. What you're worshiping is your own way. The Bible way, the Christian way, God's way is to come to him as living stones to allow Jesus to get his hands on us and to build us together as living stones. One body with many, many parts. And so I want to encourage you that when we gather, something again dynamic happens in this room. And we are stronger, tighter, and more protective when we stay together, when we are this connected community. Amen? Amen. All right. The final thing is this. Not only then are we that, but we are also a called community. All right? Mm. I'm going to need to teach here a little minute, and then we're through. We are a called community. If Jesus is building us into the spiritual house, if he's building us into this house of living stones, which is, by the way, one of two times where we are referred to in the same way as Jesus refers to himself. In, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, he calls himself the light of the world, and then he says, you are the light of the world, amen? Here we have the second one, I'm living stones, but you're also living stones. That's an incredible thing to remember. Not only are we light of the world, but we are living stones, and that's highly missional, everyone. And so if we understand that Jesus is building us into this spiritual house, into living stones of a new temple, that's what he means, dead temple, dead stones, God's not there, new temple, living stones, us, okay, and Jesus, it's vital that we know why. Why is he doing it? And he tells us in verse 5, and then he elaborates in verse 9, and we'll get to verse 9 in a minute, but he says in verse 5, to be a holy priesthood, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. If we are to understand the full implication of those verses, of those words, let's go back to Exodus. I'm not going to preach all the way from Exodus, but let's go back there for a minute. In Exodus 19, you have the Israelites, they're parked at the edge of Sinai. 
They've come through the Red Sea, all through the Manna Quail, all of that stuff, and they're parked up. God has taken this new collection of people, and he's making them into a nation. And he takes the leader, he goes with Moses, and up he goes, Moses, to the mountain, and Moses is getting the kind of constitutional download. All the things that they're going to need to be a nation, to govern, to follow, find their purpose, find their place, find all of that stuff. And Of all the things that God could have started with, he could have started with anything. He starts the conversation with Moses like this in verse 6. He says, although the whole earth is mine, although I have it all, I made it all. He says, you will, this, this collection of people, this new nation, here's what you'll be. You'll be a kingdom. I'm the king. You'll be a kingdom of priests, all right, and a holy nation. So, irrespective of all the other nations in the world, here's who you are and here's what you are going to be. You're going to be mine, you're going to follow me as king, but you're going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What I want us to see is this, that God wanted Israel to be priestly and to be holy. Let's take those just each for a second. Priestly just means to be a bridge. In other words, God wanted a nation to stand in the gap to transcend two realms, heaven and earth, earth and heaven. He was looking for a nation that was going to bring people to God and God to people. Amen? So important. This wasn't all about just who are going to be the pastors, who's going to be the church leaders. No, no. The whole nation, all of you, all of Israel, here's what you're meant to be. You're going to be a bridge to the rest of the world for me in my name. Not incredible? And then holy, he says, you're just to be set apart. We get all weird with holy, I mean, but, and maybe we should a little bit, but holy just means to be set apart, the hagios of God. And what God was saying here, I want you to be different. I want you to stand out. I want you to stick out. You're going to be different than every other nation in the world. Just stand out. But here's the thing, everybody. If the whole nation of Israel was to be priests to the world, and they wanted, God wanted them to stand out, Well, who were they meant to reach? If everybody in Israel had the same purpose, not only is it priestly, not only is it holy, now it's missional. And God's saying, I I want you all to do this thing. I want you to go out and come in. I want you to take me to the world and the world to me. Peter then picks up on this. And this is huge, everybody, in the context of the moment in Peter's writing. He takes verse 5, he takes Exodus 19, verse 6, and he elaborates. And he goes, remember what God said to Moses, everybody? Remember the words that God said to Moses? Well, look, you are now, you are now the chosen people, the new church. That's who it is, through Jesus. Everything is shifted. Jesus is the temple. You're the new temple. You're the carriers of the Holy Spirit. You have the mission of God that carries all through the Testaments. It's never changed. It's always been the same. You're the chosen people. And more than that, you are the royal priesthood. You are the bridge. The church is the bridge. You keep one foot on earth, one foot in heaven, and you transcend both realms. You're a holy nation. Church, you're meant to stand out. You're meant to stick out. You're meant to be different and you're a people who belong to God because of that identity. Peter repeats Exodus 19 and he applies it to the new believers in the new church. Through Jesus, the role of Israel is expanded now to the church. 
through Jesus. The church is the new nation of priests. That's you and me. Not just the preacher, not just the pastor, not just all of us. We transcend. We, Christians are the only people that can be in two places at one time. <laughs> Amen. We have our head in heaven and our feet on the earth, Jacob's ladder. And, and, we, and we, we're set apart. We're meant to be, not weird, not meant to be odd. We're missional carriers of the Spirit of God going into the world, going into our workplaces, not to be the quiet wallflower, the only Christian one in the workplace. No, no, you're to be the one carrying the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Why? Because you're a living stone. You're a carrier of the Spirit of God. That's who you are. And so as we close, I don't know what you think you were when you walked in here. I don't know if you'd no purpose, some purpose, half an inkling. I don't know what the boss called you this week. I don't know what you called you this week. I don't know what kind of week you had. Maybe you had a friend stab you in the back. Maybe you had a friend stab you in the front. I don't know. They're the worst kind. But you need to know that as far as heaven is concerned, as far as Jesus is concerned, as far as your calling, your anointing, and let me just say this collectively over the house of open arms, the reality is you are a chosen people connected to a narrative that began in the Garden of Eden. Of a story so rich with the theme and the, the river of the blood of Christ weaving through every testament, every verse, every character, every concept, everything to do with this word finds its fulfillment in Jesus who lives in you as his chosen people. Why? To be a royal priesthood, to be the bridge to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven in Jesus' name. That's your story. That's your identity. That's your mission. That's what you're a part of in Jesus' name. I don't belong. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's our calling as a community, to bring God to the nations and bring the nations to God. And best of all, we have the Holy Spirit to help us in Jesus' name. Amen? I gotta tell you, worship, do you wanna come back up, Jody? We'll sing a song or something, we'll play out. I gotta tell you, open arms, you are more than a collection of singing songs. This is more than a moment of kids' ministry and a preaching, a great talk about giving. It's more than that. It's never really that. From the word of God, I think from God's perspective, everyone, this is a close community. This is a getting closer community. Amen? This is a connected community. But never forget that you're also a called community. Packed with divine purpose. And here's the thing. Something unique happens every time we meet. Come on, let's stand, let's stand. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to do some things here. Something unique happens when we meet. Peter says this, he says, when you, as you come to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Wayne Grudem is a well-known theologian. 
And his take on the word Greek, on the Greek word spiritual, the rendering of this. So when Peter says you're being built into a spiritual household, part of the Greek rendering of that word means this, is to be influenced by or dominated by the Holy Spirit. Not just an ordinary house, and a very nice detached somewhere, or a three-bedroom semi, or no, but a spiritual house. All of us together to be dominated in the best sense of that word, and to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we gather as a church. As we come to Him, we don't come to each other. We come to Him. So Holy Spirit, I'd love to invite you, Lord, to move around the room, Lord, to continue to move around the room and build us together even stronger. Lord, if we had any wee niggles with one another, Lord, they would disappear as we switch our eyes and we look at you. As we come closer. Lord, if we had any wee things with the church, Father, they're incidental compared to the great purposes that you have placed upon us. Lord, would you infuse us right now with the love of Jesus? Would you remind every single person in this room that they are loved, that they are loved, that they are loved? And because of that incredible love, Lord, that you are now weaving us together, you're building us together living stones, carriers of the Spirit of God to do big things this week, to do ordinary things this week, to do small things, medium things, but Lord, everything in your name. Come on, just receive. Just receive. We receive, Lord, just an increased awareness of your presence. We receive, Lord, your Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says that as you come to him, Jesus, you build us together under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you reveal your influence in the room right now? Lord, I don't want to declare some healing in the room. I want to declare some breakthrough in the room. Holy Spirit, come and do all the things that only you can do. Lord, even this week, would you activate some gifts? Even in this room right now, come on, activate some gifts. Come on, what gifts are you carrying, church? Come on. Lord Jesus Holy Spirit of God let's pop our hands out in the front and just go Lord will you just will you use me today Lord use me come on let's lean into that thing on the gifts come on what is the gift that God has given you Father would you flood those with your presence would you anoint those gifts this week, Lord Jesus. Lord, would you line up people in our week, God, that we can talk to about Jesus. Then we get an opportunity to pray as we embrace our priestly designation. May, Lord, we lean into both realms. May we fast this week, read your word this week, rend the heavens this week. But Lord, as well as that, go onto the streets this week, into our work this week, into our places where we find people and love on them and bless them and build them in Jesus' name. Let us be a bridge. Let us be a bridge.
Father, we love you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, please change us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen.